Do you ever struggle with responding in anger towards your children? I say this with such a tender, empathetic voice because I have had so many people tell me, wow, you are one of the most patient people I have ever met. And you are just one of the most joy-filled people and friends coming from the deepest place in my heart. I believe that I am extremely patient, but parenting brought out a side of me that I didn't even know existed. And it's not always pretty. And I have been very convicted in my motherhood about the ways that I sometimes respond in anger towards my children. And I don't want to, I don't want to be the mom who yells at my kids or responds harshly when one is doing something that's just childish, taking a long time to get into the car. But sometimes I do. And this conversation with Wendy Speak is really going to encourage you today. We're talking about her book, Triggers, that she wrote alongside Amber Leah, Exchanging Parents' Angry Reactions for Gentle Biblical Responses. And I know that you're going to be encouraged and you're going to want to follow her. You can find Wendy Speak on Instagram. I will tag her in everything below. Um, You'll want to go to her website and sign up for her newsletters there. And I know you're going to want to buy her book, Triggers. Um, Watch for on my social media. I'm going to do a giveaway of her books, Triggers, and 40 Day Sugar Fast with Wendy. And I know you're going to want to have those in your hands. But most importantly, you're going to be encouraged today. And I know that God is going to speak to us through Wendy about ways we can have a more gentle, God-honoring response to our children. Thanks for joining us. I'm so glad you can be here. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. Well, hi, Wendy. Thank you so much for being here. Well, I'm excited to, I've, I've gotten to know you a little bit online and, and now I'm excited to know your friends. Yes. I'm glad, so glad to get to introduce you to them. So today we're talking about something that I think so often is a topic of shame or unspokenness or fear that people think they are very alone in. And I am so thankful to walk with you in this conversation about mommy anger that when people are feeling overwhelmed or exasperated in the way that they're responding to their kids, when their kids are doing wrong, or even just simply being children. And some of the times we react wrong simply because we're exhausted or our house is a mess, or we haven't been alone since the beginning of COVID. (laughs) And I know that five years ago, when your children were still pretty young, you co-authored a book with Amber Leah that's entitled Triggers, Exchanging Parents' Angry Reactions for Gentle Biblical Responses. So would you just start us off telling us a bit about yourself and your family? And I'm just excited to hear about how you and Amber decided to write this book about moms and the things that trigger us. Yeah, absolutely. Good questions. Um, First of all, I'm Wendy Speak, and um, I've been married to my husband for 20 years. 
and we have three teenage boys now. Mm. But man, we were seriously in the trenches. Oh, by the way, when you have three teenage boys, you have you have another season of being in the trenches. It just right? looks a little bit different. Your triggers <laughs> change, your struggles change, but the grace of God remains the same. Right. But um, there are there are three boys, and uh, Caleb is now a senior in high school. He is turning uh, eighteen. Uh, here at the end of this year. And uh, then Brody is a sophomore in high school and Asher is an eighth grader and can't wait to be in high school next year. Um, Really strong personalities and what um, an honor it is to be their mom. And I say that to preface the fact that it is an honor, but it's also a challenge. Um, Mm -hmm. God has given me some very strong personalities and, um, so this is kind of the transition into how did I come to write triggers? Mm-hmm. Well, I was triggered <laughs> a lot. <laughs> um, I was writing for a website at the time, just writing posts to moms. And um, the woman who owned it had said, I'm getting a lot of emails from moms who struggle with anger. Uh, mm-hmm. Would anyone on our writing team be willing to leave a Facebook group? And I, it was crickets because who wants to be that person that stands up and says, Hey, I can, I can meet you in this mess because, um, I've felt the rub of it too. Mm. And so nobody at first did. And then she asked again, and then Amber Leah raised her virtual hand and said, I'll do it. And within the first couple of weeks, um, it was thousands of women flooding into this Facebook group because, um, to some degree, I think that we all feel out of control in our parenting, because we really have much less control than we thought we were going to. And so when Mm -hmm. we feel out of control, we often act out of control. Um, And so Amber turned back to the writing group and said, can anyone help me with this group? And I said, okay, yes. Now it turns out Amber came to mommy anger one direction, and I kind of came to it in the other. And I, I love telling this part of the story because I think that every woman can relate either you were raised in an environment where there was um, anger, shaming, uh, put downs, stress, constant stress and turmoil. And, um, and you got married and had babies and said, I am not doing that. And then, of course, you had babies and you had stress and, and you did to some degree what you had been raised um, learning. Mm-hmm. And then there's the mom like me, that was raised in a very um, peaceful, encouraging, loving, edifying home. And then I had that third baby in quick succession. And it was like, I'm going to do a sound effect, like, you know, pop, (laughs) something snapped, something broke. Mm -hmm. Um, and And I was completely taken off guard because, uh, I'm a really gentle person. I'm mm-hmm. a calm and a kind person. I seek God in his word. And I just assumed that the fruit of his spirit would grow on the laurels of my life. And it was <laughs> such a wonderful place to grow up in my home, around my table. And then I just struggled. Um, now, in my struggling, I learned very early to turn to God's word. What do you have to say about this struggle? What do you have to say about a long suffering parent by the example, God, that you give us as you raise up your children, Israel, Mm -hmm. and extend that invitation to be our father. Um, There's so much to learn from God's word. And so it's been a journey for me, but that's how I came to it. So we're leading this group. And one day Mm -hmm. in the group, in that group, we would typically 
pray, we would share stories of our own home, our own struggles, and then talk about what's the right way to respond when our kids do wrong. Mm -hmm. They do wrong, we can still do right. They misbehave, but our behavior can still uh, be self-controlled because God's spirit in us is growing self-control. So one day I just said, so what are your triggers? I remember it so clearly over five years ago and immediately the responses started flooding in. Mm-hmm. Why can't my kids get their shoes off? I mean, shoes on and get in the car. And the, the disrespect and the rolling eyes and the whining and complaining and the, the sibling rivalry and lying and screen time mm-hmm. and, 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 and. And the very next day, Amber, and she and I hadn't even talked this through. She got on the Facebook group and she left a post that said, basically, I'm, I'm responding to yesterday's post from Wendy. The very first comment, comment said sibling rivalry. I don't remember what it was. It was Mm -hmm. one of them. And she said, we're not going to address what your kids are doing wrong. We're going to talk about what you're doing wrong in response and what God's word has to teach us about that. And then the next day I got on and I chose the next one. And the next day she got on and, and on and on we went. And then people started saying, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But could you just like put this together for us as a resource? And we were we were kind of swept up, not in what our agenda had been, but what in God, what God was obviously mm-hmm. in the group. And we put it together. We put it out there pretty fast. Focus on the family reached out to us. Can you come in? They've had us back multiple times. The book sold well over a hundred thousand copies, which I mean, as first time published authors five years ago, our head was just spinning, not because yeah we are wonderful, but because we are desperately needy moms who hit Mm -hmm. on the nerve of other desperately needy moms. And so that's the story. Absolutely. And it's such a good book. I would encourage, I would encourage every mom to read it. It's called triggers. And, um, my kids have told me it has a funny cover of an, of an angry lady on it. So if you have it, or if you're, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see it. If you're listening, then you need to look it up. I'll put it in the show notes. And my kids have asked when I've gotten it out, because I've actually read a couple of, I've led a couple of groups through this book. I really, I've really enjoyed it. I think it's a wonderful book to use as a group conversation, uh, because you can just go chapter at a time and everyone struggles. It's so encouraging to realize you're not alone. Mm-hmm. everyone struggles in these ways. I mean, when you, when you gave that little list of all those things, it's almost like, I think, oh dear, have you watched me try and get in my car? Oh dear. Have you watched me address the disrespect and realize, oh, that does trigger her too. Right. I think that it's something that it's so encouraging to realize you're not alone. So going through it with other women was great, but my kids will say, are you reading that book with the angry lady on it again? Say, yep, yes, I'm reading the book. It helps me not be that la- angry lady, but also we have a, um, a study guide Yes, we made uh, about a year later after it was launched because we realized so many uh, friends were sharing with their friends. I'm reading this book triggers. It's dealing with like, you know, all the things that set me off with my kids and people were just uh, unprepared for the response from their friends because it's just so universal. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you need to, you know, be violent. It just means you might feel some violence in your heart. Oh yeah, absolutely. It just resonates in a very stressful way with on some level, everyone. Mm -hmm. And um, if you do say, Hey, I'm going to read through this book and you put it out there to your friends, either via text or, you know, if you go to a mops group or, you know, your friends in your Sunday school class, you're going to be surprised or like, you know, a, a mommy meet up at a, at a park. If you just yeah. bring it up, you will be yeah. surprised how many friends say um, I could do that. So you can grab triggers and mm-hmm. also the trigger study guide 
and you don't have to do much work for leading. You just get together and say, what do you think about the trigger of all the noise in our homes? And you, they're just going to start talking. So yep. it's a really easy one to lead and a very beneficial one. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage moms too, that it's one that you could also lead with believers or non-believers because yeah. this is something that's across the board people deal with. And there are many, many, many good moms who do not know the Lord, who do not want to be angry moms yeah. and introducing them to a book with truths from God's word in it on a topic that they can empathize with. I think back about a friend years ago, about over 10 years ago, when I led a book group for new moms and used a book that was by a believer about being a mom and a friend said, well, I'm not spiritual, but I want to be a good mom. So I'll join you for this. And over time she came to know the Lord. So this can be a wonderful outreach tool as well. So let's talk about some of these triggers. What do you hear are some of the most common triggers for moms today? I love that you just ended it with for moms today. Um, Cause as you said, the first half of that question, what are the most common triggers? Like I was ready to talk about um, sibling rivalry mm. and disrespect um, but as soon as you said moms today, I thought screen time. Mm-hmm. Oh my word, y'all. This is, this is a whole new level of pushback and stress from kids um, because addiction can be formed so young that I feel happy when I'm distracted. And it, so that's one that's moms today. Another one moms today, again, the emphasis on the today is just how busy we are. I know we all got a bit of a break with COVID, mm-hmm. but man, as soon as sports and as soon as opportunities open up, man, isn't the tendency just to get swept right back in the busy. Right. One of the chapters is called multitasking. And I have to say that multitasking is one of my main triggers, especially when my kids were young, it, you know, it reminds me of that saying, don't cry over spilled milk. And I would say, don't holler, don't shame, don't lose your temper over spilled milk. However, if I'm doing 20 things, mm-hmm. that spilled milk ends up being the straw that, that breaks the mom's back and it right. breaks her patience and her loving kindness because I can't cope because I was coping with everything else. And what I've Cause it's about, not, it's not just the milk. It was, milk. it was the dishwasher beeping. It was yeah. the person who I had my ear over my phone talking to. It was my other child who was waiting to ask me if they could please go outside. And, you're running and it was a little soccer practice. Right. And then the yeah. milk spills and you're like, you're kidding me. Yeah. Why? Why are you doing this to me? Yes. <laughs> and I think that that, why are you doing this to me? Is it the, at the core Mm. of a lot of our, um, exasperated, worn out, uh, responses as we tend to think that this is about us. I remember back when we launched this book, I, I had, I had, um, shared a blog post that was called, you're not a victim, you're a mom. Mm. And I mean, I, like, I even have to, my inflections, (laughs) when I, you're not a victim, you're a mom, you know, and yet our tendency is when things get hard, we feel collectively like they are doing something to us. Like they are gathered around the baby's crib at three o'clock in the morning, making a plan about how they're going to make our lives <laughs> so uncomfortable, you know, starting at five forty-five that next morning. And, and yet it's not about us. Parenting has very little to do with us. It is the privilege that God calls us to, to partner with him in what he is doing. And so when there's sibling rivalry, the question is one, is that my trigger? Um, And then two, 
how do I want to respond? And one of the main things that I talk about in triggers on the chapters that I wrote, because Amber Leah wrote half of them, but the ones that I, I wrote, I keep saying, pinpoint your triggers. So often if we sit down and we say, well, it's when they keep getting up from the dinner table and they're complaining about vegetables or they keep, mm -hmm. keep getting out of their bed at night or for nap time, every time I lose my cool, I'm surprised and I'm ashamed of myself. But if you would take these 30 days to go through these 30 mm -hmm. common triggers and just slow down, sit down and even write down, what are my main triggers? Just mm -hmm. choose three of them. Krista, you choose three of what are your common triggers. And one of the things I say in the book is figure out what you mean to say before you say something yes. mean. And if you can take the time to pinpoint your triggers, then you can take the time to craft mm -hmm. a better plan, a better response, a gentler, more biblical, more kind, mm -hmm. loving response. Yes. And I am not one for formulaic parenting. Mm -hmm. I think that when there's a parent book that says, do this, 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 and this, and then this will happen. I think, well, maybe for your children, but right. I, have, I like you have some who are very, very determined. And yeah. Yeah, I'm so happy for the people that have not had my experience. Right. I mean, truly keep yes. your mouth shut, but truly <laughs> you can keep that to yourself. And that's beautiful, yeah. uh, beautiful for your life, not for mine, but <laughs> But so the idea at first of saying, you know, plan out what you're going to say to me sounds formulaic, yeah. but I believe it's allowing the Lord to prepare your heart for what you know is going to come. Because right. I realized, for instance, an example, when my group was just discussing this book, I realized something I had come to begin saying at night, bedtime is a has become a trigger sometimes for me, yeah, which yeah. is sad because I love, I love bedtimes, I think are a beautiful gift, which I think, of course, why wouldn't it be a trigger? Because why wouldn't Satan love yeah, to end our that. day on a bad note? Wouldn't that just be his, you, you sound know, like me. Final? This was always my idyllic, you know, bedtime to the best times. Yes. You know, back tickles and singing blessings yes. and Mm. Right. But my husband works long hours frequently. So on the days that he's working long hours, that means I have had all five of my children the entire day mm. and we're ages right now. My son is 12. So we're in like a, well, he's almost 12. So we're in like this beginning of hormonal phase. And then my other children are nine, six, three, and not one. And so we just have such a variety of needs physically on me throughout mm. my day. My body is physically tired. Yeah. When my day is ending, especially because bedtime, again, I'm putting to bed children from, I start bedtime at seven 30. I start winding down my baby and my oldest doesn't go to bed until about 10 or just before 10. Yeah. So it's a very long portion of my day. And I realized one day, oh my goodness, we're talking about over two hours of our day that I have to be loving into my children and pouring into them. And one of the phrases that I realized was unkind that was coming out of my mouth regularly is I am done. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It just like, when I realized it, it was like nails on a chalkboard. I thought, no, I never, cause I want to reflect the Lord. I don't want them ever to think I am done with you. And one day Jesus will be done with you. What a horrible, horrible thing to say to your children. Right. And so and of I all realized, the terrible things we could say, I love that you experienced conviction over that because mm. it doesn't sound, you know, what you think of as typical mommy anger. And so I'm glad you share that example because that is a triggered response. And I know mm -hmm. that you, that that's not what you want to be no. 
in your heart. And yet it's come out of your heart. And so when you can pinpoint it, you can say, those feelings are real, Mm -hmm. but I want to know God, how you want me to respond in those moments. And that's why I don't give you your parenting scripts of what you're going to say. I say, where are your triggers? So you're not taken off guard. Mm-hmm. prepare what you want to say, because that is what your natural man, what your natural tendency is. So what's my supernatural response going to be in those? And I like them when they're short. I like them when they're pithy mm-hmm. because then you can remember them. And also your kids start hearing them, mm-hmm. but your natural response is not, is not going to be as good. No. It will be memorable if we're not careful <laughs> and we don't want them to remember those things. No. And I did, I did exa- exactly what you said. I prayed about it and said, Lord, what would you have me say yeah. instead? Because the truth is I do feel done. I think about where God's word says oh, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that was where my heart was as I am done, but what a disservice that gives them. So I realized instead what's going on is I am tired. And for them to understand that a human gets tired. As a day goes on, a human is worn out as a day goes on. That is okay. That is healthy. So for me to instead tell them, you know what? My body is tired and my heart is tired. So I need us to really work to be good listeners because I have tried so hard to be patient for so long today and I am feeling very tired. So let's go ahead and work to listen and, you know, continue on. But instead of the words pouring out, I'm done. wanted to say Mm -hmm. so that you didn't say the same old thing. And I think for our triggers, that is what we tend to do every Mm -hmm. day. To some degree, we say the same old thing and they Mm -hmm. didn't work yesterday. It wasn't kind yesterday. We went to bed feeling bad about them yesterday. And yet without a plan, without a little bit of intentional work with Mm -hmm. the help of the Holy spirit, and maybe the guidance of God's word that can shape our words, we can choose different things. I I think let's camp out on, on bedtime. Mm -hmm. Um, there are two different things that we prepared because I was getting to the I'm done stage myself. Um, one was, and this is one of the only times that I, I use my husband as an example. Uh, he said to the boys once, cause they were just pushing and pulling for more and more and more of mom mm-hmm. at bedtime. There was just no satisfaction ever. And, my and you can totally out. see that in their eyes when it's like, you are dragging this out, small people. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Well, I'm throwing fits and it didn't matter what good things they got there. It was never enough. And so then there was the emotional meltdown. It was, Mm -hmm. and my husband called everybody. We had an orange couch at the time. Everybody did the orange couch, you know? So (laughs) there's the little one, there's the medium sized one, there's the big one, but they were all looking back still very little. (laughs) And uh, he said, I want you to curl on the couch with your mom and then listen to me for the last many nights. I've been listening to your tuck-ins and you have each of you asked for more and more and more. And of course, you know, your mom wants to give you good love. And so she doesn't ever stop until she gets upset. So here's what we're going to do tonight. You each get a hug on the couch from your mom, and then you're going to go take yourself to bed. And tomorrow she'll try this again. And the boys, what? No talkings? But it was a plan that stopped me from being angry. And it actually gave me an additional 24 hours to figure out what am I going to do when this doesn't go right? So that was kind of his script. That was his making a plan, but I still had to make a plan. Mm -hmm. So the next night I go into Caleb's room, our oldest, and he was probably, oh, about seven, maybe six at the time. And before I stepped into his big boy room and he had a big boy bed, 
I stuck my head in and he was in bed and I said, okay, Caleb, before I cross the threshold into your room, I want to know three awesome things that I did for you today. And he looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, come on. There were plenty of things. And he said, well, you made bacon this morning, which I, you know, pumped my fist and said, basically I rock as a mom. And okay, well, you took me to the, to the park and you said that Cooper could come with us. Okay. That, that sounds like you've had a really good day and your love tank is nice and full. Now, before I come in, I want you to tell me what three things can I do for you that would make you feel very loved here at bedtime? He said, well, I'd like it if you tickle my back, sing my blessing and make up a story. Okay, I'll do those three things. And I crawled in bed and I did them. And then I said, wow, what a wonderful day you had and what a special tuck in. You're not gonna come out and you're not gonna call out. This went really well tonight. I know you can do this. And I left and that became our routine and it became kind of a joke. Okay, what did mom do? That was so awesome for you today. I mean, and what a silly thing to say. Again, not a formula, it worked for us. Mm -hmm. And so many other things on the journey there didn't. And of course he grew up and there were different challenges, but for that season, that script worked because I took the time to say, I don't want the natural response. I don't want the I'm done response. So I better prepare a better response, a more Christ-like response. Mm. I think about that. I, that concept that says that, um, failing to plan is planning to fail. Yes. Because it. It does seem like there are things when you step back so often, we just get in this crazy cycle that we're just going and going and going and we're tired and we complain and we do the things and we check the things off our list, especially like you said, as we're getting back into a new rhythm, I think back, it's interesting. Actually, one of our very first recordings was about, we called it creating a beautiful new normal and our choice. Cause you know, this new normal phrase keeps coming out, which is like nail. I just can't stand it. Cause I think, ugh new normal. Let's, let's, let's do what God's calling us to do with enthusiasm and with strength and not, not think we have to go anyway, but going back to this thought, new normal. So thinking that we get to create a beautiful new normal, we get to choose how we're going to move forward, but that requires reflection. And I think reflecting back on what things I think we can do it in a few different ways. I think we can look at what things in our basic life, like our day-to-day life, what things are not working well? When, like you said, what are my triggers? When, when do I, when do I snap or get irritated or even when do they get irritated with each other? Maybe it's not a trigger of mine. Maybe it's one of my husband's or one of my children's with each other. And, and what am I going to do different? And I think within that, even praying about it, but I think also asking the Lord for, I mean, when we pray and ask the Lord for wisdom, also though, asking our husband's for wisdom, because I love that you brought your husband in with you on that, or that he brought it in. <laughs> Sometimes it requires an outside person and their wisdom because they're seeing a different perspective than we are. And so often our hearts just want to give and give and give. And our husbands will be able to say, Hey, this one area, you've kind of got a blind spot. And I would encourage moms to like, be brave to ask their husbands what can I do? <laughs> what area what can we do? Yeah. Yes. What and area you know, do you I, see I that you can walk important. alongside me in this? Yeah. I think it's important, Krista. I, I just, it's like, I can feel the listeners right now cringing. Like my husband is so hands-off and I mm-hmm. just want to go back to Krista's mention. Chris, Krista mentioned that, um, you know, her husband is gone. 
And she's doing this on her own for long stretches, many days a week. Mm -hmm. Uh, My husband, I would say, was not hands-on when my kids were young. That's why I said I don't have many examples of these. Now, as they've turned into teenagers, he's become a lot more Mm hands-on. But um, so as we're recommending that you, the word I like to use is invite your husband into uh, these these conversations with you and these decisions. Um, I just am aware that that can be hard for you to hear because you might feel very alone in it. But I would, I want to encourage you to find a time when you're not having problems to talk about the problems Mm -hmm. because so often we say, I just need a little help here. And what our tone and what our feelings might be communicating is you haven't been helpful. I've been very alone in this. Could you please just put down your phone and help me figure this Mm -hmm. out? And that won't do you much good mm-hmm. if you're coming at it with all that energy, but to find a time and maybe even say, can we find a time to have your mom come over and we can go to Starbucks for a date? Because I have a couple of different issues that I've pinpointed that I have with the kids. And I'd love to just talk through them with you and maybe come up with a plan on mm-hmm. how we can be consistent moving forward. Cause I can't figure this out on my own. I really need you. Yes. No stress when you're having the problem is not the time to talk about the problem. Mm-hmm. If you can find some time and invite him in to parent with you, then I think that you'll be parenting on the same page. We have a follow-up book to triggers called parenting scripts. Yes. Where we go that next step and say, okay, we pinpointed now what, if you didn't, mm-hmm. weren't able to kind of craft it on your own, let's go through these, some more common triggers and say, how are we going to respond mm-hmm. to them? And one of the one of the chapters is called parenting on the same page and the importance of doing that as a couple, even if you're divorced, there Mm -hmm. are times where you need to say one of the struggles that I'm seeing when he's in our home, my home is uh, that he's always on a device and there's just a huge emotional meltdown. If it's taken away, even if I do that gently, Um, are you seeing that when he's with you? Mm -hmm. Can we come up with a plan so that we can help him um, together? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's great. And another one of your books that I have really enjoyed is your book, the 40 day sugar fast, which is an interesting book to say that I've enjoyed because I think who thinks what mom is like, Oh, I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to enjoy not having sugar for 40 days. Now, wait a minute. We're going to go from talking about, about mommy anger. Who wants to talk about that? To talk about laying down sugar for 40 days. Who wants to talk about that? This is going to be everybody's favorite podcast episode. <laughs> right. Right. I know. Don't turn it off. I promise. Um, yeah, I've, I have never been one to say that my, that I had any kind of a problem with right. sugar. And uh, unfortunately I, or fortunately, I should say, actually, fortunately, I came across the title of your book. Um, someone else was sharing it, that they were going through this 40 day sugar fast. And I thought, Oh, that's good for you that you want to do that. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. I will continue over here without my problem, because I actually don't have a sugar problem. I'm so sorry that you do. And I'm glad that you are taking care of that for yourself and your family. Their kids are also very obedient. So yeah, probably they have those other kids. That's the thing. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's what I thought. And then this book kept coming to my mind and just kept coming up different places. And so I thought in kind of an arrogance, well, since I don't really have much of a problem with this anyway, this would be a good thing for me probably to go through. It would probably be easy. Um, and, and maybe it would be healthy for me because I've heard of other people saying it's healthy. So I asked a few of my friends in my circle, would any of you like to do this book with me? I've been thinking about maybe going through this 
And I was shocked how many of them said yes, that I had, I was in a circle of about six ladies. And I think four of them of the circle said, yes, please. And two of them already even had the book or the audiobook and just had it waiting. You know, you buy the books and then they sit and wait until you get to them. And so we went through the 40 day sugar fast together and, oh my goodness, I thought I was getting into something for my body Mm. and then discovered I'm actually getting into something for my heart. And it opened up my eyes to a trigger of mine that I did not even know existed. So, um, share with us a little bit about, about the 40 day sugar fast. And, and then we'll talk about if moms are interested, kind of a way they can get involved in that with us too. Okay. Well, I love that this is a conversation to moms because honestly, this 40 day sugar fast was created for the moms who were struggling with anger and exasperation and weariness. It was in that same Facebook group where I said, Hey, what are your triggers? You know, not even thinking that I was about to unlock a beast here. Um, where one day I said, what would happen if we gave up sugar for 40 days? Now I was thinking like you, Krista, this is a, this is a physical thing. I'm suggesting what would happen physiologically? You know, would we be able to calm down a little bit? Because we see our kids going up and down and all around um, when they come home from a birthday party and they've got, you know, the, you know, lollipop stuck in their hair and, and their face is crusted with icing from their, their, the birthday cake. And, you know, they're all, they're all wound up and then they crash and life is awful and they're crying going to bed. Um, like we can totally relate. And so we're probably pretty good at limiting our kids' sugar to varying degrees. Again, mm-hmm. you're like, you know, we're pretty good at this, right? And yet how many of us slip into the pantry for a handful of chocolate chips, uh, leftover brownie, uh, drive through Starbucks for that highly sugared latte just to you know, get us through three o'clock. Or for a reward. Oh, for, for so just many to, reasons. To a celebrate something that I did. Or I, I got it. I was a good mom. I need that bowl of ice mm-hmm. cream. Um, yeah, all and all that mm. stuff. However, is it possible that just like we see our kids crash and burn, that that's why maybe for the rest of the afternoon, we stink so bad. Yes. I know you're tired because you've been taking care of five kids all day, but is it possible what you're putting in your body isn't helping you take care Mm -hmm. of five kids all day to get through to bedtime when you want to say I'm done. If you were fueling your body with something better, would you have a little more energy uh, to go the distance and persevere in Christ-likeness and kindness and even tempered, you know, responses because you're not doing what you see your kids doing. Mm-hmm. So that's where it started out is let's do basically this physical detox and see how it influences our parenting. But man, we were only a few days into it and the Lord made it so clear to everyone who had signed up to go and do it with me. Um, this isn't a physical fast. I mean, it's not a physical detox. It's a spiritual mm-hmm. fast mm-hmm. because we are laying down something that we're turning to in our stress, in our angst. Uh, and we start turning to him. And that's what fasting is. We're turning, we're setting down something temporary that we think we need. And we are clinging to something eternal that we know, we know that we know we need it, but how do we grab hold of him more in the, that's what fasting is, is setting something down so that we can do that. And the incredible thing is that when we started seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all those other things that we were hoping would happen started happening. Uh, You know, so many people signed up because of the weight loss. Um, They were losing weight. 
and lots of it. Uh, people that signed up because they could not get their crud in order with their kids and they were, mm-hmm. you know, crying because their kids cried. They were melting down because their kids melted down. They were calmer and kinder and more consistent and I dare say more Christ-like mm-hmm. because they weren't up and down and all around. Like, a, you know, you're riding a teeter-totter on a merry-go-round because of what you're eating. So all those other things happen too, but it really starts when we start um, developing a hunger and a thirst mm-hmm. to turn to God, find our, uh, our reward in him, find our satisfaction in his word and his presence. And so that's how it, de- it developed. That's how it evolved out of that whole triggers community, mm. um, thinking it would help us with our triggers. I just didn't know how much. Yes. And it's something that it was interesting because when it finished and I know having, I won't talk too much because I want people to actually read the book and get to it themselves. But I was very surprised that I started it thinking this is going to be a 40 day shift. And Mm -hmm. instead it was a heart shift. And when the 40 days ended, I thought, I don't want it to end. I don't want to be done. And it wasn't that I didn't want Trader Joe's dark chocolate covered pretzel. Like I still wanted that dark chocolate covered pretzel, but it had been put in a completely different place in my life. It's as though I have different rooms and that was, it was in a new room and it was in a healthier place. It was where it it belonged again. Not on the throne of your life. Right. I think about so many things, the idea that when we seek the Lord, that he will give us the desires of our heart. And it caused me to seek him more fully and made my heart's desire him more than, than the other things or things that were of him or it desired holiness more than it desired these things. And I thought, I thought those things were all in the right place, but it caused me to really do a heart check and realize that, that there was some work to do. And it's caused me to take, I think about that verse that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. It is, it caused me to really taste and see his goodness in a very new way. So, so thank you for that book. And I would love for us to invite moms to join us. So we are going to do this 40 day sugar fast again at the kickoff of the new year. And you do a group of this every January, right? So that first year was very off the cuff. I think I wrote some blog posts to go with it and I posted them on my blog and I posted them on Facebook, you know, what I think it's about eight or nine years ago. And the next year I started getting messages from women saying, are we going to do it again this year? I was like, oh, oh, you want to? (laughs) Oh, okay. So that, that year, someone had said to me, I think you should collect emails and then send out daily emails. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, if that's what you think I should do. I mean, like, like with triggers, I'm not like this really smart online marketeer, you know? (laughs) And uh, so I was like, okay, if you think so. So I opened this up and I had someone help me put that together. And like 5,000 women showed up. Oh, oh, I guess we're doing this. That's a little bit of accountability. I better not, I better not eat any sugar. And, you know, I sent out daily emails that they would all start with the scriptures because the point is that we are wetting our appetite. We are getting hungry for more of Jesus and his word, because that other stuff we're running to, it's not its job. It's not the, the, the chocolate chips job to save us or even help us. In fact, it actually hinders us when Mm -hmm. we replace turning to him, you know, Jesus said, come to me when you're weary and heavy laden. And I'm like, yeah, but those chocolate chips, you know, (laughs) I'm going to go to the pantry. So when we stop doing that, we start turning to him. You're right. It doesn't just change our diet. It changes our lives. And that lasts much longer than 40 days. So yes, year after year now, I've been hosting this and 
uh, let's see, two years ago, uh, I, uh, with the help of Baker Books, launched the book, The 40 Day Sugar Fast, so that you didn't need to wait until January every year to do it with us in an online community. You didn't need to sign up for daily emails. You could just invite your friends with you mm-hmm. and, uh, and lead it yourself or join mm-hmm. us, right? So, this so how would someone, how would someone join us if they wanted to join? I'm really excited to do it with you again. Yes. Yes. So we do it now in a, in a, I was going to say a small Facebook group. No, mm-hmm. it's a private Facebook group. So, you know, if you leave a comment, not everybody outside of our group is, is um, going to see it, but it is called a private Facebook group. And when I started it, it was small, but now mm-hmm. there are over 40,000 women in it. Wow. Uh, that join us. And so many of them come back year after year and bring their friends because mm-hmm. it's just a refresh. Oh, that's right. I want to be a Jesus hungry woman because mm. that changes my marriage. It changes my parenting. It changes my outlook on life um, in whether it's 2020, 2021 or 2022. I mean, whatever's coming at you when your eyes are on Christ, his peace is in you and you can handle Amen. what the challenges are. So this year it's going to start on January 4th. We would love to have you join us. We have a team of administrators that kind of circle circle the troops with me every year. And this year, Krista said that she would be one. So yes, she will so be excited. in the group and writing kind of testimonials of how, how God's word is transforming her life and encouraging you there. Um, but if you go to the number 40, 40daysugarfast.com, you can sign up and join us. And uh, in the days before... Um, January 4th, you'll want to grab the 40 day sugar fast on Amazon. Uh, there'll be a link there on the 40 day sugar fast page. I'm sure that, that, um, Krista will put it in her show notes as yes. well. There's a 40 day sugar. I mean, there's a 40 day fast journal. If you wanted to have a journal that you kind of mm-hmm. chronicle the journey through, um, there's a Facebook group that it'll invite you to join. There are free downloadables, everything from mm-hmm. screensavers and decorative prints to, um, my favorite, there's a, there's a video series that'll just take you deeper into mm-hmm. God's word. Uh, I just like giving as many resources. Wonderful. As I can. So if you want to invite friends to join you, you could lead mm-hmm. it. If you just want to show up in the Facebook group and say, this is what I'm learning. You can do that. If you want to invite your friends and have a text thread each day. Yes. Um, we, I would encourage, I would encourage moms to do that because it's an easy thing. Maybe you're not the kind of mom who feels like they want to lead things, but it was, you're not leading. You're just, you're just opening a door. So share this podcast conversation with a friend, make it a text. So copy it and paste it in a text and say, Hey, heard about this book. Oh my goodness. It sounds like our conversations we already have at the park together. And I was wondering if you guys might want to want to try this with me. So many people go about these new body healthy steps in the new year. And I think this is such a beautiful one, realizing our body is a temple of the Holy spirit. So when we care for our body, but we're prioritizing it as a temple, not just as a physical body that will waste away and God will meet you there and he will use you to reach your friends. So I, um, I encourage you to be brave and invite your friends. And I think you'll be surprised how many of them will want to join you in this and that it will just be transformative and grow you and grow your friends in wonderful ways. So Wendy, thank you so much for the wonderful resources you've provided. I'm excited to get them into the hands of some moms. And um, I'll talk about the giveaways I'm going to do during the closing in just a couple minutes. I can't wait to get these books into some mom's hands who don't have them or so they can either enjoy them themselves or share them with a friend. So thank wonderful. you so, so thank much. You. Yeah, you betcha. God bless everybody.
you know, those moments when you're reading something or listening to someone speak and your heart is just in your throat or the counting out of your chest, because you know, the Holy spirit is at work in you. This book gave me so many moments of that as I was reading where I felt like it was written to me, which encourages my heart greatly because that means that moms across the board struggle with this. So I want to, I hope you're encouraged today that you are not alone. You are not alone in your struggle of anger. You are not alone in your struggle of lack of self-control. I feel like sometimes they're grown up fits. If I had a dollar for every time I had to apologize to my children for being short tempered or being easily irritable or responding in less than a gentle way, in a way that I know is not Christ-like or God honoring, Uh, but God is so faithful that they forgive me and we move on and that he forgives me as I, as I come to him and that I don't rest in that. So I encourage you today to not rest in that place of anger and short temperedness and frustration. Think about three of those triggers, like Wendy recommended and make a plan so that you can move forward in a new way and in a way that honors God and ask the Lord to help direct your path, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. If you seek him, he will give you the path to take with his children that he has entrusted you with. And then talking about, as we did, bringing your husband alongside in this journey. So I would like to actually close in prayer and pray a blessing over you today. Lord, thank you so much for these dear moms. Thank you for the high calling of motherhood that you have put on our lives by giving us the children you've given us. Thank you for how you intentionally choose different children for each of us with different bends, different personalities, Lord, that we will be made capable of leading towards you only as your Holy Spirit works in us so that our cup overflows so that we can pour into them. Lord, I pray for the mom who is just deep in her anger, that it is something that just comes overflowing out of her. I pray that you illuminate to her where those triggers are, make them so clear to her that she is able to then bring them to your throne to be able to heal her and lead her as her good shepherd. We know you deal gently with those who have young. Thank you that you will be gentle with that mom, that you don't look on her with shame, but you look on her with a heart that wants to lead her to lead her children. Thank you, Lord, for Wendy. I pray that the mom who feels excited and nervous or convicted to join us in this 40 day sugar fast. I pray that she will answer yes and obediently join us in that place and that you work in mighty ways through that. We love you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. See you next week, friends. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends. Join us next week as we talk about serving each child's heart.